Welcome to New City Sermon Podcast. Join us as we open God's Word to be empowered and challenged today. Today we are ending the series talking about wisdom, justice, and your voice. Wisdom, justice, and your voice. And we're looking at the very last chapter of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 31 is famous because of the Proverbs 31 woman. Uh, That is a, a great thing of character for Christian women to emulate and ask God to help shape them into. But Uh, Before that, there's this little section where King Lemuel gives some wisdom. And Proverbs is often associated with the the King Solomon, but King Lemuel writes Proverbs 31. And the interesting thing is he says in the very beginning that it's not his wisdom, it's the wisdom of the queen mother. It's his mom's wisdom that she gave to him. In verse 31.1, it says the words of King Lemuel, a pronouncement that his mother taught him. So maybe there's a Mother's Day sermon in there somewhere, Uh, but today we're going to be looking at verses 8 and 9, and verses 8 and 9 simply say this, speak up for those who have no voice, for the justice of all who are dispossessed, speak up, judge righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and the needy. The word of God. Amen. God has given you a voice to speak up and to speak out for those who are down, under, and out. God has given you a voice to speak up and to speak out for those who are down, under, and out. And yet, too often, our voices are silent when it comes to issues of justice. Erwin Lutzer writes in his book, When a Nation Forgets, he writes about one particular Christian man who lived in Germany when Adolf Hitler was in charge and the Holocaust was happening. And the man writes, I lived in Germany during the Nazi Holocaust and I considered myself a Christian. We heard stories of what was happening to the Jews, but we tried to distance ourselves from it because what could anyone do to stop it? A railroad track ran behind our small church, and each Sunday morning we could hear the whistle in the distance and then the wheels coming over the tracks, and we became disturbed when we heard the cries coming out of the train as the train passed by we realized that it was carrying Jews like cattle in the cars. Week after week, the whistle would blow. We dreaded to hear the sound of those wheels because we knew that we would hear the cries of Jews en route to a death camp, and their screams tormented us. We knew the time the train was coming, and when we heard the whistle blow, we began singing hymns. By the time the train came past our church, we were singing at the top of our voices. If we heard the screams, we sang more loudly, and soon we heard them no more. Years have passed, and no one talks about it anymore, but I still hear that train whistle in my sleep 
the man writes. God forgive me, forgive all of us who called ourselves Christians, yet did nothing to intervene. Yet did nothing to intervene. God has given us a voice to speak up and speak out for those who are down, under, and out, but so often we are silent. So often we do not use our voice. So often like the man who writes this, he go, well, what, what can we do? There's nothing that can be done. And we fall often into cowardice, afraid to use our voices when we see things that are wrong. Abe Lincoln said, to sin by silence when they should protest makes cowards out of men. And the interesting thing about that story full of the church of Christians was that they actually weren't silent, were they? They, they were singing hymns to drown out the voices coming from the train. They were singing hymns to God as their, their neighbors, so to speak, went by on this train on the way to their death. And it's strange to think about their praises to God covering up the screams and cries of their fellow human beings. And even as we think about that story, we can see the hypocrisy and feel the fear that they must have felt. But even as we clearly see their hypocrisy, maybe, maybe we need to examine our own. Maybe we need to examine our own. When it, when it comes to the book of Proverbs, one of the things that wisdom leads towards is towards justice. God's wisdom leads towards justice. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 1, as the book starts off, it says the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for learning wisdom and discipline, for understanding insightful sayings, for receiving prudent instruction in righteousness, justice, and integrity. The very next chapter goes on to say this, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up success for the upright. He is a shield for those who live with integrity so that he may guard the paths of justice and protect the way of his faithful followers. Then you will understand righteousness, justice, and integrity in every good path. Now, justice has a, a, a full-bodied meaning. It can both mean punishment for the wrongdoer, but it also means setting things right for those who are poor or oppressed or victimized by the wrongdoer. And justice is a character of God himself because God loves justice. Jeremiah 9 says that he delights in justice in the earth. And that doesn't just mean he punishes the wrongdoer, that also means he sets things right for those who are poor and oppressed. And part of our duty as Christians who are seeking wisdom is to reflect the justice of God. Proverbs 14.31 says, The one who oppresses the poor person insults his maker, but one who is kind to the needy honors him. 29 verse 7 says this, The righteous person knows the rights, or literally the justice of the poor, but the wicked one does not understand these concerns. The wise person seeks justice for the poor and needy and the vulnerable because God is just. The, the wise person seeks not to oppress a fellow image bearer, but show kindness to the needy. A, a wise person speaks up and out for those who are down 
under and out. A, a wise person, as Proverbs 31, our text for today says, speak up for those who have no voice, for the justice of all who are dispossessed. Speak up, judge righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and needy. Now, there are so many causes of justice in our world. One to alert you to is human trafficking. One is human trafficking. David P. Gushy wrote in a new evangelical manifesto, he quoted human trafficking statistics from something called the Polaris Project, and he noted that the United Nations estimates that 2.5 million people around the globe are in forced labor. 2.5 million people are slaves around the world. And an estimated 1.2 million children are trafficked every year. Another statistic I read said that you could buy a slave. The average price of a slave around the world is $90. $90, the cost of another human being. It's interesting that it makes you sick at your stomach, but then you read the statistic that in 2006, uh, I believe in the United States, there were only th- uh, just about 3,000 convictions for sex trafficking. Just 3,000 convictions, which means that one person is convicted for every 800 people who have been trafficked, which means we're not doing a good job here of getting this issue down. Uh, people are trafficked around the world. Image bearers of God are being uh, they're being possessed and stolen and sold for all sorts of awful things. And an issue like that, it is morally clear, isn't it? No one's going to fight over an issue like that. But I think one of the problems when we come to issues of injustice is that each issue has become so politicized, so polarized, that we really can't even have a good discussion because we're using our voices yelling at each other rather than using our voices for the good of the oppressed, to stand up for the poor and needy. Let me give you a a quote here from the book called Compassion and Conviction. Our leadership team just finished reading this. It's from the Anne Campaign, Compassion and Conviction, a great book. And what uh, the authors, who are Justin Gibney, Michael Ware, and Chris Butler say, I think we have a slide for this. In many cases, our perspective has been so thoroughly shaped or even discipled by worldly ideologies that we mistake our flawed ideological positions for Christian positions. In other words, we are often confused about um, justice and speaking up with our voices for those who are oppressed because our voices have been co-opted by political narratives. Here's what I mean. Let's talk about something controversial. Life in the womb. We'll talk about abortion for a moment. Um, Around the world in 2018, almost 42 million abortions happened. That means that almost 42 million babies were not given the right to life outside of the womb. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, that is the ultimate voiceless. They have absolutely no voice. Now, the pro-life movement started with that number in mind, 
42 million people, babies around the world, were, had their lives taken from them. And the pro-life movement has been under critique for a long time, but one of the more recent critiques that I've seen has been this. The pro-life movement is really a pro-birth movement, but not really a pro-life movement. They carry about the womb, but they, they don't care as much about what happens outside the womb to the tomb. And I think there's something there to examine. It's easy to sort of stand up and yell at someone who's walking into an abortion clinic. It's much harder to get involved in their life and actually care for them if they decide to have the baby and actually care for a child who might be in an impoverished situation. It's easy to use our voice in one area, but maybe not in another. And that's a good challenge. We need to be pro-life from the womb to the tomb. But one of the things I've also seen happen in the midst of this is the voices that are saying pro-life should encompass all of life have become a little bit silent about life in the womb. In other words, they focused a little bit on outside the womb to the tomb, but because it is less popular to talk about life in the womb and the issue of pro-life and abortion, many people have dropped silent about that. Why? Well... We tend to follow political narratives when it comes to which issues we're willing to use our voices to speak up about. And for a while, I, I'll be honest with you, I felt that the pro-life voice uh, was, was so loud and I believed that there should be more focus from outside the womb to the tomb. And I got a little annoyed with the voice of the pro-life movement until I realized there's still that number, 42 million babies in 2018. 42 million babies, that number's still there. 42 million babies. What had happened is I had got up, caught up in what I perceived as hypocrisy and been co-opted by a, a political narrative rather than seeing that life matters not just in the womb, but outside the womb to the tomb, but not just outside the womb to the tomb, but in the womb. It all matters. In fact, in our, in, our, in our text for today, if you can put up Proverbs 31 again, for the justice of all, all, all who are dispossessed. Now, I, I know that the pro-choice movement has said, well, what about the moms? What about the moms who have babies out, out you know, they have the babies and the child is in a really bad situation and the mom is in a really bad situation. Our voice is for those mothers. Now, now here's the challenge with that. A study in the British Journal of Psycho Psychiatry reviewed data from 22 other published studies and found a link between abortion and mental health difficulties. They looked at over 163,000 women who had had an abortion, and the study reported conclusively after looking at 163,000 women that women who had undergone an abortion experienced an 81% increase risk of mental health problems, an increase in anxiety disorders, an increase in depression, uh, an increase in alcohol use and abuse, and a skyrocketing increase in suicide behaviors. So while the pro-choice movement says, well, we care about what happens to the moms, I've never heard them say, 
we need to speak up about the psychological effects of an abortion on women who have an abortion. Why? Why haven't they spoken up? Because our voices are so often co-opted by political partisanship. Babies in the womb matter. Children outside the womb matter. Moms who are having to take care of children in poverty matter. Mothers who have had abortions matter. Speak up for those who have no voice, for the justice of all who are dispossessed. Speak up, judge righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and needy. Same thing when it comes to racial injustice in our country. Uh, When Derek Chauvin put his knee on George Floyd's neck, there was a moment of moral clarity in our country around these issues. A moment of moral clarity. But since then, the water has become murky. We've seen riotings that have destroyed business. We've seen videos of more police brutality. Uh, We've seen uh, businesses burned. We've seen people driving cars through Black Lives Matter protests. We've seen Black Lives Matter protesters gang up on their own protesters 200 to 1 to shout them down. And the talking heads that we see on YouTube and the television are using their voices to expose the worst of the other side. They're using their voices to expose the worst of the other side. And in all this, let me ask this, how are you using your voice? Jesus did expose the hypocrisy of the injustice of the Pharisees. Um, But let me encourage you, just because cities have burned doesn't mean the racial injustice problem has gone away. We still have a racial injustice problem in our country. Um, Just because we have a racial injustice problem doesn't mean we should be silent when protesters burn down businesses. And now people are left without a way to make a living for themselves and have lost everything. Just because we tend towards one side doesn't mean we should be silent when our side does something that causes loss of life on the other side. Speak up for those who have no voice, for the justice of all who are dispossessed. Speak up, judge righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and the needy. We hope you're inspired by God's word. What have you learned so far? As you listen, pray about applying it to your life. Let's continue in God's word. Too often we are afraid to speak up on issues of injustice and victimization when they go against our own political narrative. But God gave you a voice. God gave you a voice. And are you using that voice for all those who are oppressed and needy and dispossessed? Are you defending the cause of all the oppressed and the needy? How are you using that? Well, we are to correct oppression. Isaiah 1 says, correct the oppressor. Jesus exposes the hypocrisy of the Pharisees when they will not do justice. But 
Are we speaking up and speaking out according to a political narrative or for everyone that we see that is suffering from injustice and wrongdoing? So often on social media, we are merely in an echo chamber. We are just either being affirmed uh, by people who agree with us or we get the opportunity to yell at other people who are on the other side. I think social media sometimes too can be a little bit of a mirage where we feel powerful for having expressed something, but we haven't actually used our power in real life to defend the cause of the oppressed and needy. It's not just that we use our voice, we are to take action in real life. We are to take action in real life. And so much of life and so much of politics is about power, getting power, taking power, withholding power, keeping power. But King Lemuel is told to use his power for the benefit of the weak, for the benefit of the needy, for all who are dispossessed. His power that he has as king is not really to protect his position, but rather to protect those who need protecting. As a Christian, you will be an odd fit in any political party that you choose to associate yourself with. You will be, because there will be parts of the narrative that you cannot go along with, because those narratives are not concerned with every issue of justice that the Bible is. You're going to be an odd fit in any political party you choose. And especially as we see different sides over the next few months as we go towards the election season, we are going to see uh, parties flexing their muscle to keep power. But that's not why God created power. Erwin Entz, in his book, The Beautiful Community, another book that we're reading for our leadership team, if you can put the quote up, he says, our experience in almost every face of life say to us that power is to be exercised for dominance. In other words, power is about putting people out or putting people under your thumb. But in says, the truth is that power at its best or in its intended proper use is meant for flourishing. Power is to be used for the flourishing of others, particularly those who are weak, particularly those who are victims, particularly those who are down and out and under. And as a citizen of the kingdom of God, your ultimate alignment and your ultimate allegiance cannot be simply with a narrative or a political party. It has to be with another king. It has to be with another another king. See, King Lemuel was called to use his power for those who are under and out. But there is another king who set aside his power for those who were down and out. King Lemuel was to speak up about justice from his throne. But this other king went and underwent injustice, not on a throne, but on a cross. King Lemuel was flawed, like you and me. I have no doubt that he did not practice perfect justice as he reigned as king. But Jesus, the sinless one, 
came and rescued sinners like you and me. Righteous judgment of God was upon us because of our rebellion against him, but Jesus came and went to the cross on our behalf. We were outside of the family of God, but because Jesus took our spot on the cross and underwent the worst injustice that humanity has ever seen, by faith in him we are forgiven, we are taken into the family of God, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Our king is no longer dead by that act of injustice, but rather he is resurrected from the grave and ascended to the throne of God. And one day he will return and he will make all things right. He will correct all injustice. There will be no more oppression. He will wipe every tear from our eyes. And this is the great hope of our Christian faith. That our king will return and bring about justice. But don't wait for that. Use your voice now. Not according to some political narrative, some solely an ideology, but according uh, to true justice. The justice of God. Praise God. Praise Jesus the King But God has given you a voice to praise him, but also to speak up and to speak out for those who are under and out. So do not remain silent. Speak up for those who have no voice, for the justice of all who are dispossessed. Speak up, judge righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and needy. Thank you for listening to New City Sermon Podcast. For more information, check us out at www.newcityhh.com. We'll see you next week.